Welcome back, guys, to the Full Crippled Sports Show. Thank you guys so much for being here. Thank you guys for tuning in to today's episode. Hopefully, you guys are doing well today. Happy Sunday. Uh, I don't know when you guys will be watching this. I guess probably a couple hours, maybe. Uh, anyway, so not too big of an episode. We just got, you know, more... As I, as I said last episode, we just have more... You know, re-sign, you know, re-signings or just free agent signings. Not really as many trades or anything is going on like before. Again, it really has slowed down. Everyone's kind of at, at this at this point. Every player has pretty much every player that's pretty much been dealt or was gonna be dealt has pretty much already done so. So. We're at a point now where most likely none of, nothing will happen until players will, you know, until nothing, we're at a point where nothing will really happen until, you know, draft time kind of, when teams are still kind of shaking up their rosters and roster cuts and stuff, that's coming in like the summertime, so, uh, hey. Not the summertime for drip for cuts. That's like August, beginning of the season. But anyway, enough rambling on this. Let's get into today's episode. So, first thing here is the Chargers are signing quarterback Chase Daniel. This was the first thing that I saw uh, getting on this morning. So, Justin Herbert's backup was, has been found in Chase Daniels signing with the Chargers. Ian Rappaport has reported. Um, so, familiarity seems to be key with Daniel landing in L.A. First year Chargers offensive coordinator Joe Lombardi served as the Saints quarterback coach for Daniels two stints in New Orleans. And rookie head coach Brandon Staley was also an assistant. With Bears, with the Bears, when the veteran was Mitchell Trubisky's backup in Chicago, knowing the offense and adding a veteran presence in the QB room certainly has its value. The one year in Detroit, Daniel was subject to trade rumors this offseason, but would eventually become a cap casualty with no suitors for a deal. Appeared in four games for the Lions last season, going for twenty nine of forty three for two sixty four and one touchdown and two picks. Daniel is now 34, continues continues what has been a luxurious career in the NFL as a backup quarterback, joining his fifth franchise in 11 NFL years and, compel, and compiling plenty of steady paychecks along the way. Chase Daniel has a 2-3 and three record and five career certs, three of which came within the past three years for the Bears, uh, who are 1-2. and two. Chargers need to sign a backup with Terod Taylor heading to Houston this offseason and Easton Stick. Found a career backup in Daniel, who's hoped to become more of a mentor to one of the NFL's rising stars. He's been in the league for a little while. Give somewhat of a veteran presence. About as about as much as you about as much as you can give anyway. There's only there's only so much veteran presence that he can give you, and I think he could. I think he could. I think he could do it. 
But uh, next thing here is the Ravens Ravens are signing wide receiver Sammy Watkins to a one-year $6 million deal. So this is actually really, really cheap for a guy like Sammy Watkins. I, I actually really like this. It's a, it's a steal for sure. And, uh, excuse me. But, um, and you can't expect the Ravens to do very much because they are really, really tight with money. Like, they are really salary cap. You know, they're, they're really, really screwed with the salary cap. So they, they cannot, they can't afford to do very much anyway. So the moves that they are making, I would say, are pretty decent. They're trying to make the most of what they can do. But, uh, yeah, so free agent wide receiver Sammy Watkins signed a one-year deal with up to $6 million with the Baltimore Ravens. Ian Rapport did report Watkins' deal is including $5 million fully guaranteed. Signing of Watkins marks the first significant upgrade of Jackson's weapons this offseason. The Ravens ranked last in the league in passing yards per game, 171.2 in 2020. And Jackson has yet to have a prominent wideout to throw to since his inception into the league. Prominent receiving threat has been a glaring need for Baltimore since Jackson took over a quarterback. Seeing as how the last time a Ravens wideout has eclipsed 1,000 yards was when Mike Wallace did in 2016. Watkins spent the last three years in Kansas City accruing 129 receptions for 1,613 yards and eight touchdowns in 34 games with the Chiefs. The seven-year veteran didn't top more than 700 yards in the season during the tenure in Kansas City. Thanks to several minor injuries, but Watkins was a key figure for the Chiefs in the playoffs, especially in the team Super Bowl winning campaign in 2019. Ranked number 52 on Greg Rosenthal's list. Could potentially establish himself as a as a top threat in here in Baltimore. We'll see what kind of uh We'll see what kind of, you know, what am I trying to say? We'll see what kind of threat they end up turning him into. But Watkins is expected to be the number one, is to be the Ravens' number one wideout as his veteran leadership could be of great significance for a core like that has struggled in years past. Have a speed threat in Marquise Brown. So that'll be a... Deadly duo, I could just see it. Uh, I, I I see, I don't know, I see, you know, trying to think of what I was going to say. I could see Sammy Watkins being a big threat with this Baltimore team. And to think that they haven't even been that good recently is still scary because they're still such a scary team to face. So, you know, and just to see that, to see that they have struggled, but yet are still a scary team to be to you know to look at and say, "Hey, I got them on my schedule." It's scary, man. But our uh, next thing here is Leonard Fournette is resending with the Buccaneers for one year, up to four million dollars. So this was officially the last thing, or. I apologize, guys. I am sorry. Anyway, what I was trying to say is Leonard Fournette becomes the last guy that the Buccaneers needed to keep that whole 
championship team together. They re-signed all 22 guys. And they got Leonard Fournette, the last guy, up to $4 million on a one-year deal. So Leonard Fournette becomes the latest 2020 Buccaneers member to, re to re-sign with the club, signing a one-year deal with up to $4 million. Will, with Fournette heading back to the Bucks, all 22 Tampa Bay starters from Super Bowl 55 are under contract for twenty for the 21 year. Per NFL research, since the 1970 merger, the only team to win a Super Bowl and return all 22 starters from that game for week one of the next season is the 76-77 Raiders. According to NFL research, the 77 Raiders bid for back-to-back -back titles fell short with a loss to the Broncos in the AFC Championship game. Fournette arrived in Tampa Bay via free agency following a surprise release from the Jaguars. The team that selected him fourth overall in the 17 draft just before the start of the regular season. Rev to a somewhat crowded running backs room on a team that was preparing to make a run at a title in its first year with Brady under center and managed to carve out something of a role in the regular season, rushing 97 times for 367 yards and six scores, but also spending three games as a member of the inactive list. Tampa Bay hadn't gone on a run, hadn't gone on a run to Super Bowl. It would have been more likely that Fournette would have been headed elsewhere, but the postseason allowed Fournette to shine and stick around. So he really, he really blew up in the offseason, in the uh, offseason, in the uh, playoffs. So I was like, really, I, I would have been really shocked if he didn't end up back on the team, just with how much he shined in the in the postseason, and uh, in the regular season too. You know, I, I would say he was still pretty consistent, but I would say. I mean, me personally, I think his most consistent most consistent times were, um, you know, in the playoffs. I think that that's kind of when he was the most consistent with everything. But if Fournette rushed for 64 times for 300 yards and three scores in Tampa Bay's for, uh, four playoff games and caught 18 passes for 148 yards and a touchdown. Scoring in timely fashion game after game and elevating his status from afterthought. Stuck behind Ronald Jones to play off Lenny and eventually Lombardi Lenny. Um, Lombardi Lenny sticking around for another run at a title and effort the Bucks have deemed going for 2-21. and 21. The money isn't a ton, but it's also not quite pennies for... A running back, as other backs, Bucks have demonstrated it's not all about the money this season. It's about the pursuit of another ring. Yeah, most of them did take pay cuts too. I mean, it's not like it was a choice though. They kind of, they kind of had to if they wanted to stick around. And if the team wanted them, they had to be willing to. The Buccaneers were have to, were gonna have to be willing to take the pay cut. So, yeah, it's uh. It's for sure, like, very interesting stuff. And next thing here is the Seahawks are resetting defensive end Carlos Dunlap to two-year, $16.6 million deal. Now I realize that this is on, right on the 25th, so the last day that I uploaded. But um, decided to put it in there. So Carlos Dunlap is heading back to Seattle, late-season addition to the team in 2020. Dunlap is resetting with the Seahawks. On a two-year deal with up to $16.6 .6 with $8.5 guaranteed. 
Ian Rappaport did report via Dunlap's agent, Drew Rosenhaus, as most people do have him. Acquired via trade with the Bengals last season, Dunlap was released earlier this offseason by Seattle as he came with a $14 million cap hit, but he's back on the fold on an eventful Thursday for the Seahawks' defensive front. As Seattle is also, gay, is also set to part ways with longtime starter Jaron Reed. Things soured for Dunlap in Cincinnati, went to the Pacific Northwest and provided punch down the stretch in Seattle's playoff push. Dunlap recorded five sacks in eight games with the Seahawks, giving them a weapon on the edge they've long sought. With Dunlap now returning along, along with Benson Mayowa, the addition of Kerry Hyder, and the presence of safety Jamal Adams, who led this team in sacks last year, Seattle's pass rush, rush looks a little bit more promising, entering a season that has it that it has in a while. Ranked 34th in Greg's, Greg Rosenthal's 101 list, the 32-year-old Dunlap was a fit on the field for the Seahawks and is now a fit financially for Seattle. And then Russell Wilson also tweeted about it. Next thing here is the Chiefs are also resetting wide receiver Demarcus Robinson to one-year deal. Kansas City bring back one of their free agent receivers. Insider Ian Rappaport has reported that the Chiefs are resetting wideout Demarcus Robinson to a one-year contract per his agents, the Cats Bros. Resetting Robinson comes after the Chiefs took a swing at Steelers slot star Juju Smith-Schuster. Yeah, I actually remember this, and that's why I was kind of like, at first I was thinking – you know, maybe Juju Smith-Schuster is out of, you know, really going to be out of Pittsburgh. And then when I when this news broke out, and then and then he re-signed with the Steelers, and I was like, you know, I was a little bit shocked because I was like, well, I mean, how often is it that a guy, and I know it happened quite a bit this offseason, mainly because of, it is mainly because teams didn't want to cut these guys, but they had to. So it happened a lot more this offseason than normal. But, you know, not too often will you see a guy go to free agency, go into the free agent pool, and then get re-picked up by the same team a couple days later. When you think that in those couple days, you think there's no way that guy's coming back. And then they end up coming back. So, and again, it happened a lot this, this offseason, but it's still very shocking to see. And so I was kind of like, Ginger Smith-Schuster is really back on the season. You know, when it happened, I was kind of sitting there thinking, like, you know, maybe this guy, I, I never really saw this guy fit anywhere else. So it really does make sense to see him back on Pittsburgh. But I don't know, it's just, it's very interesting, man. It, it's, there's a lot that goes into that stuff. And so, but anyway. Offering Juju Smith-Schuster, offering him, they offered him a deal worth up to eight million plus three million in incentives. That's really all they could afford. But uh, elected to return to Pittsburgh instead of joining the reigning AFC champs. Robinson's second straight one-year deal in Kansas City. The former first round, for, the former fourth rounder signed a deal worth two two point nine seventy five last offseason. Twenty-six-year-old. Robinson is off his best season as a pro, starting 9 of 16 games and generating 45 receptions for 466 yards and three touchdowns. Resigning keeps the Chiefs' uh, speedy trio of Robinson, Terry Kill, and Nicole Hardman together. Sammy Watkins 
is now off the market. As this article came out, he was still a free agent. Uh, and the last thing here today is Malcolm Butler agreeing to a one-year deal with the, with the Cardinals worth up to $6 million. This was also on the 25th. I'll put out on the 25th as well, excuse me. So Arizona has agreed to terms with the veteran corner Malcolm Butler on a one-year deal. The team had announced Butler's contract is worth up to $6 million. And Rappaport did report Butler became a free agent when the Tennessee Titans released him to clear cap space following a solid 2020 year in Nashville. Free agent market at the position wasn't especially deep, but at 31 years old, Butler wasn't the most coveted corner available. Butler does bring immediate value to the Cardinals, though, who were looking to fill a void left by the departure of Peterson, who signed with the Vikings after 10 years in the, in the desert, a.k.a. Arizona. Be expected to uh, step into a starting role opposite Robert Alford with Byron Murphy returning as nickel corner. Four picks to his name in his second best coverage grade of his career per, per pro football focus in 2020. Butler proved he could still step to make key plays for his team. Arizona's all-in approach for 2020 welcomes Butler's uh, type of player at this stage in his career. Learn this fall whether he can continue to level his level of production and help the Cardinals reach the postseason. Um, and yes, the Super Bowl Forty Nine play, the Arizona Cardinals tweeted out that that same play when he was with New England, and their caption was as if he wasn't already one of our favorites. Made that pick in Arizona. That was in that same stadium that he'll be home, that his home will be. So, very, you know, and I don't think, and I think at 31 years old, I think you have to overlook his age here. He's still very a very dominant cornerback. Obviously not as good as Stephon Gilmore, but, you know, I would say at 31 years old, he is still there. And he, he is very much, he is very well still a, high-powered cornerback. I would say that he's still one of the best in the league, even at 31 years old. I don't think the age really stops him there. But um, anyway, guys, that is going to do it for today's episode of the Full Corporate Sports Show. Thank you guys so much for being here. Thank you guys for tuning in. Again, thank you guys so much for the support recently. And um, yeah, hopefully you guys continue to do that on this episode as well. But yeah, let me know what you guys thought about today's episode and uh, what you guys kind of just thought about it, I guess. And what do you guys like where some of these players ended up going? Do you guys think that they're going to have a breakout year? What do you, I would love to hear your guys' thoughts down below. I'm going to have all my social media links down below. But anyway, guys, again, I'll see you guys next time.